In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. You are listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Today we're enjoying Fish, Plankton, and Sea Greens, and Protein <laughs> from the Sea, with Chris <laughs> 04. Chris, is Logan's Run a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? It probably will be remade because everybody is trying to. They haven't managed to. I'm, but at some point, somebody's absolutely going to succeed. I'm sure it will be remade. And you know what? It should be remade. It's it's a there's there's a lot of good like uh like meat in that idea, and it should be properly exploited. I agree with that. Logan's Run is actually before you even brought it up. It's been at the top of my movies I want to talk about on the podcast list for some time. <laughs> so I was really excited when you brought it up. I was like, yes, great, let's do this episode. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be of service. But you just saw this movie for the first time, right? I did. I, I only just saw it like two weeks ago. It's one of those things that, um, you know, it's very much like uh, sort of infiltrated the uh, the pop culture consciousness in that I've seen like Logan's Run jokes in um, South Park, in all the Seth MacFarlane stuff, in Community, <laughs> in The Simpsons, in, in so many things. It like, you know, it gets referenced in like little web videos and, and, and all sorts of stuff. Like everybody knows the story. Everybody knows what it means when you say, Run, runner! You know, that, that, that makes sense, and, and it's just something that we all know, but I had never actually sat down to watch this, uh, this little gem of a film. <laughs> it's a good old-school nerd reference. Like, all the people who were writing oh, on yeah. these shows, like, this is clearly the movie they grew up with. Yeah, they all watched this when they were kids, and they probably mm-hmm. also watched, like, the shortly-run TV show that I didn't even know existed because, you know, it never got to be long enough to have reruns. Right. Well... What's interesting is that this movie came out like a year or two before Star Wars. And so just a year, just a year. So everyone was like, oh, my God, Logan's run is going to be this new, amazing thing. And you look (laughs) at it, and it's these big, impressive set pieces. Oh, yeah. So, so impressive. Wow. It's amazing. And then Star Wars came along and made it look terrible. Just blew it away. Yeah, it's it's really astounding. Like, I'm sure you've talked about it before on the show, but like how in 1977, like the the quality of the effects and the makeup and like the props and set design, all the all the sort of graphical elements of Star Wars made everything produced in the 70s, you know, everything, all of its contemporaries, like if you watch them, it's like, wait, this was made at the same time as Star Wars? I, I don't understand why this looks like garbage. It's kind of the same thing with Jurassic Park. Like, we're still comparing CGI now to the CGI in Jurassic Park, and that movie's uh, 20, 25 years old. That is true. More. That is true and fair. And it, because we recently talked about this in the uh, the Last Starfighter episode, because Last Starfighter introduced CGI. Oh, yeah. yeah and you to compare that, that to the models, and it's just. It's, it's not so bad. a good comparison. It's really not. I mean, I completely understand that you have to start somewhere and the technology is super cool but also tron was a better use (laughs) yeah tron was a much better use we're on your side like we get it you're doing computer stuff you're in the computer it makes sense (laughs) yeah this it looks kind of like my computer looks (laughs) Uh. all right so chris 
Um, for people listening at home, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, uh, how did you get started doing like movie podcasts and other sorts of things? What, what's your, what is your media of choice? My media of choice? Well, uh, I mean, like my, my podcasting evolution, like started in like, uh, audio dramas. And, uh, from there I met uh, a couple of people. I met, uh, Scott Corelli and Zach Luna and Nick Jimenez. I, I think have they all been on your show, or or has Nick, Nick not has been not. on yet? Nick hasn't been on yet. But uh, the whole dueling genre family of podcasts, I, I I've guested on um, Spider Man Minute and Back to the Future Minute and um, uh, the Cornetto Minute uh, uh, podcasts. I've been on all, all of those that, uh, that they've had so far, and uh, I am one of the four uh, main hosts of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. Uh, you know, it's it's the one of those movies by minute podcasts where we watch a single minute of film and then talk about that single minute for like half an hour you know something like that it, it's <laughs> which, you get a, you get a lot out of it the format is uh is is quite entertaining which turtle are you uh if i was one of the turtles i guess i mean there's four hosts right so there, each there one of you's got to be a turtle we, you know i don't know that we've necessarily assigned i'm Raphael. okay <laughs> big fan of the size uh no no oh god most of their weapons are not great Sai, I I don't like Sai. um I'm also like a, a a total martial arts nerd and and uh, aficionado and I do have favorite weapons but they're not Sai. interesting that's unrelated but something you should definitely talk about with Zach anyway <laughs> yeah so then when you sat down to watch this movie because it's on Netflix now it was just like yes. well now's the time I just need to finally watch this thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just got a nice shiny new TV. I, I sat down and I, 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 I was going through the new stuff on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh, Logan's Run." Oh, and huh, you know, I'll just watch it, and so I did. In between, like changing diapers and dealing with crying babies. You know what just occurred to me? What? Do you remember that Justin Timberlake movie that came out a little while, like uh, Timeless five, or timer, whatever it was, or... where they had like the yes. clock on their hand? Yeah, th- it that... just. A- occurs to me that's like a low rent remake of logan's run it like that movie was not very good but i did like the sort of the concept that they went with it was very similar to logan's run in that it played with mortality um Mm -hmm. but i think they did something frankly more interesting more more timely in that uh you know um, when 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 you get (laughs) when you get to a certain point (laughs) in uh sort of like you know the post-scarcity economics and you know machines are doing all the work anyway the you know what what's uh what's the currency the only thing that you can't get more of is time and, uh, you know, if you develop a system where time can be traded, I thought it was a cool idea, but I again, agree. it was not well done. And it, you know, that's one of those things that the ideal remake of 2035 can talk about. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Cause I kind of was going to be talking about that because there are only so many jobs in this kind of domed post-apocalyptic, presumably world. Yeah. Oh but yeah. The, the, even the the resources and the the food supply seem to have run out. So I feel like they were implying that their world was slowly coming to an end because like there was no more seafood. There was no more power yeah, supply. It, it It is, it's hard to, to get from the film. And it's also, we should also mention that this is based on a novel uh, by two guys from 
was it the 50s or 60s? Probably. I'm not sure, but I, I haven't read it. I, I read the synopsis on, on Wikipedia actually years ago for something. I can't even remember why I read up on Logan's Run years ago without watching the movie. But, um, you know, like in the, there's some differences in the book. Like, you know, they, in the book it's like to 35. I think Logan is more malicious. There's some stuff about like sky gypsies and a mountain something. I don't know. There, there's just like other weird what? stuff in there that was left out of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Some, some some sort of a mountain something, Sky Gypsies, uh, being older, Logan was more, I mean, you know, it's a novel, so you can give him more internal uh, narration and, and depth. There is a book. It is different. I haven't read it. Um, I know I gave you a lot of grief uh, for the Starship Troopers pod about not reading the book, so I w- <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out There's got to be someone out there that's read Logan's Run the book and will be bothered by this, but whatever. Well, you know what? They. I look forward to their rebuttal. <laughs> the... It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Starship Troopers a little bit, but really the spiritual sibling of this episode is the episode I did on um, Soylent Green. Mm, yes. That was just, you were just talking about like how they're running out of supplies. And, and uh, you know, that does kind of get to like, what's the reason for cutting them off at 30 anyway? Well, it's because you have a limited supply. And it's like, you know, if you if you kind of boil it down and like, you know, ask yourself, why is that? It's like, well, maybe the biomass needs to get back into circulation. Um, and, and I would you know, agree, except it looks it. like they're exploding the biomass. Yeah, I don't it well, that just that's just the effect they went with. They also like when the city falls apart, like it's like a, an, a screen overlay of Michael York and, and Jessica and, and uh, what's her name? Um, like and like flashes are on the screen. The effects are not good. I could imagine that in the script, like the original death of people on Carousel is not an explosion. And it's just like, what can we do? Uh, do this. I in my in my head they start floating up and I was really funny that like the version I was watching the graphics were just good enough that we could see the string. Oh god. And uh, uh so they start floating uh, up and I I kind of and- like imagine them hitting the top and just like hitting this bug zapper. And they just get vaporized <laughs> and just like their molecules. Get yeah, like like vaporized or, or or disintegrated in some way. Um, and it is kind of interesting. Like some parts of this movie look like uh, you know wa- watching them with modern eyes just looks so bad. But you know, like I just watched like on on YouTube like a little sort of making of like special bit about uh, wire work and like the contraption that they made to do carousel is like five stories high, supports like twenty people. It's like belt. It's like this uh, complex belt driven system that's all on the same wire. It, it's it's kind of amazing. I mean, that and is impressive. Then, yeah, it's it's like a really cool like bit of stunt work and wire work that is um unfortunately kind of overshadowed by these little overlays of explosions and it's it's just kind of that doesn't hold up well and it's kind of like I I would love to have seen the original thing in action. I mean, if there's one thing um, we all want, it's we want Cirque du Soleil to end in fireworks. <laughs> Ugh. No. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, like there there is definitely an element of like and and I think part of the reason they they made this movie cuz this was uh, was this MGM or uh Universe? I'm I remember reading like uh the reason that like uh Logan's yeah, run got MGM. cleared was that West Westworld did so well and so, and Soylent Green did so well and they're like, "Yeah, you know what? Let's just do another really really downer of a sci-fi movie (laughs) but uh, to their credit it would have worked if star wars hadn't come out this probably would have had another run and would have done even better than it did it has a budget of nine million in in the united states gross 25 million which Mm -hmm. is technically a success oh yeah 
Yeah. And it certainly had a long-lasting cultural impact. Absolutely. So all told, and it's not like they didn't sink money into this. I mean, sets alone, you're looking at this thing, you're like, where did they film this? This place is enormous. Some hotel or a mall or something. Like, I, I saw that. I'm like, that looks like the Gaylord. It, it really does. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, but to your point earlier, in terms of not the filmmaking, but the world of the movie, there aren't that many jobs. The jobs yeah. I can list on like one hand, it's uh, Sandman, receptionist, Doc. doctor, and uh, orgy worker. <laughs> I don't know if anybody there was getting paid. Mm, I mean, it depends how you define payment. How, is there yeah, money true. in this world? Are the Sandmen paid? I suppose they're they're paid in terms of having a nicer apartment. Honestly, that might be it. I mean... The movie's yeah. PG. There's a lot of nakedness for a PG movie. Well, I know. but that's, you know, that was PG and R were your only choices. I think there was a lot of wiggle room between PG and R back then. Right. Uh, this is a pre-Indiana Jones PG-13 In the last world. crusade, yeah. 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 And, but, like, I didn't see anyone paying anything. They didn't talk about credits. It was literally just, we're just having our life. Yeah, at all, but a part of that might be the price is simply that you're dead at 30. But that's overall, so theoretically, why do a job? Why have a job? Mm. Why not just have a, a constant, I guess, 17-year Bacchanal? I mean, I guess, it seems like most people don't. I, I mean, they're just kind of wandering around. And, you know, they, they, this all of the sort of questions that this movie raises, all of the sort of like, wait, why is that? What That doesn't make any sense. There's so much, like, opportunity there for somebody to, to, to really flesh it out and, and sort of fill the world with more stuff. Like, I could, I could, I'm... I am imagining like a you know a, a tightly a more a more tightly wound production these days that is able to just jam so much into the world there where you know it's it's like worth watching again just to be like so what are they doing in the arcade what's what's going on in the background there oh that's what they're doing <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's a, not a bad existence well it's your classic uh, dystopia masquerading as a utopia movie yeah yeah we get to meet this world and we kind of get to discover what happened but i actually think it's more interesting if we kind of take it and it was designed to be a utopia it was designed to be this kind of amazing perfect world but the architects of the world have since died and everything's kind of moved on and passed it to the point where we've forgotten the original designs it's just these are the steps we go through yeah, nobody, nobody that was educated enough or capable enough or knew enough about, well, for one thing, nobody knows about the outside world. Nobody who knows why they built the city in the first place still exists. And apparently they didn't leave any sort of instructions behind for next gener for the next generations. They made like this absurd world with, um, you know, this sort of, uh, very sort of religious system, uh, that everyone just believes. And there, it, there doesn't appear to be any, you know, there's no person who understands why things are the way they are. And ultimately you end up with the absurd finale where the computer breaks well that's even worse the computer doesn't even know about the outside world the computer is saying what is crap does not compute no, uh, what is uh 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 where are they trying to get to sanctuary uh sanctuary they're trying sanctuary. to get to sanctuary and even the sanctuary computer, yeah and, and the computer doesn't know that it's not real i feel like we're kind of dealing with like a a snow piercer type world where yeah something terrible must have happened where yeah. the presumption is no one will ever be able 
to go outside. Yeah, and it, there's like a certain institutional momentum uh, there in this world where things just keep going, and nobody knows that things are going to the point where they're not going to be able to go anymore. Like, you know, I, I can definitely imagine, like, considering the way, uh, you know, the, the, the scene in the middle of the movie with the robot box, uh, I, I can imagine, like, in a, in a couple of years, they're going to run into a situation where it's like, hey, the magic food machine doesn't put out food anymore. What? Where's our food? <laughs> right? I mean, th- honestly, yeah. The the I mean, the robot box is kind of interesting in the sense that like a there was the world of the the people within the dome, but then there's also the people who were supplying him because he says it was the sea greens and fish and plankton and protein plankton from the from sea. The <laughs> and then they stopped coming. Yeah. And he didn't have a purpose, so he kept freezing these people trying to escape. And I think that that means that there was the inside world and the outside world, and the people on the outside died. Like, they're gone. It could be it could be that people died. Um, also, it could be that there was an automatic system, like you know, a series of drones and sort of you know, robotic fishing vessels, robotic uh, food processing, all sorts of robotics that eventually, like you know, whatever their sort of redundant, you know, whatever their repair systems or self repair systems or whatever it was they put in place, eventually, ultimately failed, and they didn't have a robust enough system, and uh, you know, a system with enough redundancy to repair itself. Well, even grow. if it was robots and things like Box, Box himself says that he's a, a, a blending of More technology man. and man. So even if they had... More than both. Exactly. Weird man-pewters going around, or man-bots <laughs> masquerading as man-pewters, then... Yeah. <laughs> they may have shut down. I mean, they say it's the 23rd century, but there's no reason for us to expect that that's true. For all we know, they just cycle around and just keep doing the 23rd century over and over again. Well, I think that you know, I think that that's supposed to actually be the year because the, the little bit that we get at the be- you know the little prologue, like man, you know, I miss those movies where there there's a little bit of text at the beginning to say the world in blah 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 blah. I, I that's so much fun, and there need to be more of those. But yeah, that that bit at the end is only for the audience. I don't think it's a a matter of like uh, they in the world think that it's the 23rd century and that they've been thinking that for like a thousand years. I mean, they could. It, I don't. I don't. I don't think they even have a concept of, of centuries or of time. They yeah. probably have no history. I mean, their only concept of time is a personal one. Your time is entirely related to the color that you are. Yep, you're thirty years, and that's it. Yep, and like uh, Logan, his entire argument was like, "Yeah, I was a Sandman because that was my job," but now it's happening to me. Yeah, I. Oh God. Uh, it's not good it is not good it's so well a part of that a part of that could be you know we don't know how it was written we don't know how things were interpreted it could have been intended to be more complex than it is in that i can imagine this world you know where there's so few professions where people seem to have basic literacy but they don't know things they have no sense of history they don't know why they're in the city they probably don't know much about you know they don't know about the systems that run their lives i can imagine that effectively uh these are all a bunch of semi-literate you know uneducated kids who just grow up and they sort of you know they're religious zealots who are like ah carousel and then they get on the carousel and die and no one knows anything 
There, there's no deeper knowledge in anything. So when you have a situation where Logan is like, well, it's different now because it's me, that seems childish and stupid. I mean, it is. But a part of the reason that it's so childish and stupid is this guy's never read a book in his life. He's never, you know, he has no concept of, you know, characters of, of people with a, sort of a deeper understanding. He, he does not have a rich and complex emotional inner life because no one does because no one's read anything. No one knows. Well, there's no formal education system. Basically, from the time you're born, presumably until you're 13, you're it's it's Lord of the Flies out there. <laughs> and literally just I, you live as a savage and then all of a sudden you, no. you come of age and they bring you in like you can have sex no, no, now no, no, no. join society i i th- i think i think that uh cathedral i think that that space for the juvenile delinquents that's just for kids who are dangerous i imagine there is a separate space for kids you think it, that little not... girl that jessica bonds with is dangerous in that according to this stupid society yes she can't stop stealing things from people who don't own anything i don't know (laughs) honestly like if there's a character i don't think i recast i think i didn't recast any of the kids because part of me is like well if oh i i i did i did uh i don't know if that the thing is like in this movie like there is there's so few characters there's so few characters and so many of the set pieces are frankly stupid and not worth repeating, but um, you know, and there's but but again, it's like sort of the meat of the idea that we want to keep. But like that idea of there being um, uh, a space for the misfits, for the kids that don't fit in, for the sociopaths, the people who who you know, there's something uh, just wrong and mm-hmm. they're dangerous. I could imagine that there is that space. Yeah, but Although, again, it's just until they're 13 because Logan tells that kid. As soon as you become a, a yellow or a green or whatever, you're going to get pulled into the into the main society. No, he's saying they're going to kill you. Right. He's he, saying he, the other kids would kill you and he yeah. would have to then leave and join main society. Or die. You know, it's, it's right. either or. Get, it, there, it, get torn my, apart by the other kids or become just a part of regular society. So even if you are a sociopath. But that's only because you're in the, in the kid gang. I think the other kids who are just kids being kids – are not because th- there's only like you know twenty or something kids there in cathedral, sure. and and that can't be all of them. There's obviously hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children, and um, I imagine that they're you know they're that man. I I wish we could have. There should have been included in in the arcade or like you know the wider shots. You know it's understandable that they wouldn't be at car. Well, no, it's not understandable that they wouldn't be at Carousel. They would be at Carousel. It'd be like, hey, five year old, let's go watch people explode. And I'm pretty um, sure that literally, the, like, the, until you're 13, just that's the area you live in. And again, I, I, no. I'm very happy to be wrong, but I think like they like it's literally just like they had a separate dome it could for be. kids, and then they it ship could them be. over. You know, there 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 is a lot to this uh, film that I think is frankly poorly thought out so it is entirely possible that in this society as they presented it um all the little children are in murder town (laughs) it is appropriate that you're drinking a beer called youngling (laughs) Uh, it's uh it's pronounced yingling but yes younglings (laughs) i killed them all i killed the yinglings Mm, soylent beer (laughs) so in terms of what we would need, what I think is interesting about this movie and what I think is, is that it is, I, I do think I want to stick with like the concept of a fallen society and a society that basically had everything set up, but just mm-hmm. like t- 
time is time destroys everything and like yeah. everything's kind of started to crumble around them but they have no concept of how to fix that yeah uh, i i i don't i don't want it to be like too ruined i want it to be the sort of thing that the audience can recognize but that the characters themselves don't know until the end oh i agree i i I think it's they don't realize what it is until they start getting outside the (laughs) central dome like there can be things maintaining the central dome but everything outside the stuff that's been exposed to the elements let's say the more exposed it is the faster it's broken down and the stuff on the inner core is what's still left yeah so as logan and jessica get further and further outside they're able to like slowly start seeing these things breaking down and disintegrating. The robot mm-hmm. box could literally like like an arm could be missing. Yeah. Well, I I frankly I I kind of struggled with box and like I couldn't like I mean I don't know, maybe we could just make it uh um uh blah, 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 blah. what's what's her name? She plays all the robot voices. Um Black Widow. Bat. Ah. <laughs> you anyway. want to make it Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, sure, why not? But on the other hand, I kind of just don't want it to be a thing. It was really hilarious. I watched the trailer for, for Logan's Run the other day, and, like, you know, it's one of those old-school 70s trailer where the announcing voice is like, Enter a world beyond imagination! <laughs> and then, like, there's a 30-second part of a three-minute trailer where he's talking about Box, and I'm like, Box is in the movie for less than five minutes, Box doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's, well, so... this is also at a time when it was the set pieces that sold the movie. I oh, mean, yeah. The yeah. Bride of Frankenstein, it's a, about this whole thing, but honestly, it was the little people in the jars that were the big thing at the time that no one had any idea how they did. So, Wait, honest... no, Bride of Frankenstein was in the 30s, wasn't it? Whatever. <laughs> and it's also like a 30-minute movie. <laughs> I, what do you want from me? I watched it when I was in uh, high school. But 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 those sorts of things like you the, like the big impressive pieces. So honestly, carousel yeah. and box. Like oh yeah, that part was, fly. was yeah yeah yeah. I I can get that. I can understand. I can understand the market in which this was released. Yeah. But oh yeah yeah. I liked box. He was crazy. <laughs> and the, the, honestly, the idea of a robot that's just been going through the system so long that it goes nuts. Ah, oh, I liked that. And it's okay. kind of, I mean, Wally doesn't do this, but I kind of think of Box <laughs> and the, like, the big motherboard computer that had, did not compute as, like, a kind of, like, aspects of the ship's wheel in... Absolutely, absolutely. That is a very similar concept. In fact, um, the, um, the sort of the, the, the essay that I saw, uh, like, you know, a couple of days ago that was talking about this, where they equated, um, that, uh, Justin Timberlake movie with Logan's Run, um, they actually brought up Wally as, like, sort of having, um, sort of, a, uh, owing some roots to Logan's Run. Like, Logan's Run has had a huge effect on Absolutely. sci-fi writers for our, for the last couple generations. And I assume will for some time to come. Yeah, oh, probably. and I rephrase. Uh, the computer that does not compute and breaks is the ship's wheel, and then box is uh, Mo. <laughs> Mo, the little uh, little. For if if you're listening and you don't know who Mo is, he's the little cleaning cleaning robot that has to get rid of all the dirt. <laughs> that's who boxes, and yeah. that's why he's endearing. Fish plankton. Proteins from the sea. <laughs> oh, it's such a good line. <laughs> I love it so much. My birds! My birds! 
<laughs> it was also pointed out to me that like when uh when logan and jessica go in there like well we're wearing wet clothes time to be naked let's, and barely take, cover what? ourselves with fur they take them okay we need to take these off before they freeze on us she takes off everything he only takes off his shirt well and also he may have also, taken off his pants we just didn't see it because no no he's, he's still he still had he still had the pants on did he really his, his, yeah he still had the pants on and then after like three minutes of talking to box like somewhere in there before they realize that he's crazy they're like oh hey let's take a second and put our frozen clothes back on they've had a minute to warm up but what was pointed out to me is that he puts his weird Sandman sweater back on and it's missing the white stripe that, like, identified oh, yeah, him yeah. as Sandman. Yep, that part was missing. <laughs> Which, or he put it on inside out. But the, the, the cut in the, sh- in, the, in the shoulder or something was on the correct side still. Oh, yeah. Mm. All right. Well, you know, sometimes the, uh, the who is it, the script editor or the script, the person who pays attention and looks the for scripty. continuity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that person didn't do their job. Or maybe that, maybe that job just didn't exist in 1976. Distinctly possible. But, I mean, if we're talking about Logan and Jessica, honestly, they're kind of like on rails going through the things that I would expect of them. But the person that I find really fascinating is the character of Francis. Yes! Yes! Because Francis... Fran- accidentally becomes free <laughs> and he and he just can't accept he, it he cannot he can't handle it. it oh it's so sad the, the tragedy of francis i mean honestly I, if we were making this today and in, in my mind francis is totally in love with logan that's possible yeah and that could be a part of like why he's so mad and why he's so destructive and why he's, he's like you're running off with her she's she's so boring and basic ah <laughs> I was everything to you. We were good friends. <laughs> you know that. You know that was a thing that um, when I saw it the first time, and uh, that little bit where he's in his room and where Logan's in his room, and uh, he uses the little remote control. He's and playing it pulls chat up. roulette. He's playing. Yeah, he's he, well. He's playing, uh, he's playing chat roulette, roulette or Tinder. Tinder. Yes, he's, yes, he's, yes. he's pulling. He's pulling up analog Tinder. <laughs> and uh, the first one to pop up is is that guy, and he just kind of like you know he looks he's like mm, no, and then he goes on to the next one and he gets Jessica you know that he actually wants. At first, and when, and like later he asked her like you know do you like girls and you know do you like women and she's like no, but and and at first I was like oh you know way to go you mo- uh, you movie you know good job being a little more progressive for 1976 that's pretty impressive. And then I realized uh, after the movie. That it is entirely possible that they put that in there to ook out, uh, you know, the audience watching in '76 to say this society's so screwed up, guys. Oh, can you believe it? There, that that, you know, we watch. I watched it now and thought, oh, you know, this is pretty progressive for for uh, for this time. Way to go, movie. But what? But then putting myself in the mind of an audience member in '76, I think it's entirely possible that they threw that element in there, the sort of casual homosexuality, to sort of say, look at how messed up these people are. I mean, I didn't think about it that way until you're mentioning it just now, but you're probably exactly right. Because I I was going to compliment it for their uh, their proto-Tinder. Yeah. And it and is like, kind of easy to do, but when you think about it in the context, it's like, mm, they probably weren't. Yeah. Especially when you consider the conversations that they have later about beloved husband, beloved wife, beloved father, beloved mother. It's like, let's, you know, get back to our traditional family roles and values. And they choose I... to stay together forever and raise children? <laughs> wow, we should really do that. 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of like, oh, they weren't being progressive. No. <laughs> no. They that wanted was, to... That, was, that yeah. was to add to the horror of the uh, of this dystopian society. Man, poor Jessica. You think she's going to have so much agency, and then she just doesn't. Mm, yeah, well, eh, for 76, eh, eh, she'll have more in ours. Yes, of course. I mean, the, yeah. basically the most agency Jessica has is she gets to say is, no it well I mean, no you know. it, it well you're right it's to say no but i was gonna say is off screen she puts herself in the roulette thing she was like eh, i just i wanted yeah. a diversion i wanted something to do I, a friend of mine died today sex is re- is life affirming i want to i want to get out there and you know just try and forget it with some orgasms and oh oh the first person to pull me up is one of the murder bots all right great oh yeah. all right well I was feeling it, but now I'm not. Super not. Oh. The, the one thing I will give the movie is that they do say it's always her choice. Yeah. And and they kind of make a point of it. Like, like Logan is very pushy. Yes. But he, he's very pushy, but also, like, when she says no, like, he kind of, he kind well, I don't know. It, 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 it's, well, when it she, is a different society. It is. And when she leaves, she goes and he goes and has that foursome with, uh, with Francis and the, the two ladies. Fro- Francis, Francis and, the, and the two floozies. Yes. And Francis and his floozies. Yeah. I, uh, th- their, their second album isn't as good as their first album. That's a good, that is a good band name. I like it. Francis <laughs> and the floozies. <laughs> and, Which one of you is Francis? None of us. It's the band. <laughs> um, but then like, can we talk about like the secret society of people that are seeking out sanctuary? They're like, we should kill you. We're going to kill you. <laughs> oh, wait, now you're in front of us. Yeah. Nah, I, go on through. It, you know, they're, they're, because, um, ah, there, there are opportunities there to flesh it out and, and sort of add more to the world. But I like the, like, steam the way that, yeah, the way that the movie presents it, it just, again, I guess, you know, they're all uneducated children, and it's sort of like, what are they, you know, if you if you think about um, people who have the sort of equivalent education of elementary school, but are just living their lives, Yeah, what what are they going to do? How complex can their plots be? How complex can their, their personal narratives be? So for a remake, then... What do you what, what what do you think is the core essence of this movie? If you had to boil Logan's run down to its the core thesis, what would you say it is? Oh, that's a hard question that I hadn't thought about. Um, the core thesis, I mean, like the core element that we want to keep is um, is is that you know obviously that the trick about everybody has to die at thirty. Um, you know, it certainly has uh, elements there that allow us to talk about, for example, climate change and uh, income inequality and and you know sort of like limited resources. There's there's ways to say things that that matter now. Um, there's also something to be said about killing people at thirty because only young people have a perceived value to society. Ageism, yes, the obvious uh, bit is ageism. Yeah, that that is something to say about it, which is why uh, uh, for old man, I the the old man needs to be more than a crazy cat man. I love that guy. He's my favorite character in the whole movie. It, it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. But in order to say more about ageism, it can't be Logan being like, "This is what old looks like." Yeah, and also, and also, like, but I, on that same side, like that old guy has only known two other people in his entire life. His parents they passed away, uh, and now the only yeah. person he's had to talk to is his cats. 
So we can either give them an outside, we can actually give them a sanctuary, but I find it more compelling if there is no sanctuary. They happen to find this crazy old man who's been living by himself because there, there is nothing else out there. Mm-hmm. I think it's more interesting if he's, if he's crazy because it means that they have to fix society themselves instead of having to then rely on these people who've actually got it all figured out. Well, and another thing that they need to sort of uh, that they need to realize is like, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of interesting that they say like, oh, there's no sanctuary, there's no sanctuary, but they get outside, and as soon as they get into the warm sun, they are in a paradise. Like, yeah. you know, they're the environment that they're in is perfectly healthy. There's no radioactivity. There's no fallout. Like, uh, the plant life is abundant and doing great. There's clean water that they're swimming and drinking in the same, you know, there, there, there needed to be some point where, you know, they realize I, I, you know, I imagine the show did something stupid and weird where they're still looking for sanctuary. Um, in fact, I think that's what I saw in the trailers that I watched. They but, turned left uh, instead of right. Yeah, I, I imagine that sort of after the movie, you know, after everybody has the moment where they're, where they're like, oh, wow, look at this old guy, where people realize the outside is pretty good. The outside is itself sanctuary. We were trapped in a system that was crumbling um, while the, you know, like it was built in a time when the outside was death. But over time, the outside repaired itself and the inside crumbled. So again, and, Wally. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, I agree. And I think that's kind of what it needs to be. But it, I think the inside needs to crumble in such a way that you don't notice that it's crumbling until you leave. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it, I mean, it's it's the allegory of the cave, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that they could do once they got back in the cave, because it is literally the allegory of the cave, no one believed them <laughs> until they destroyed the cave and brought everyone outside. Oh, man, I didn't realize we were in a prison. Basically, Yeah. <laughs> that said i i kind of like the way society is structured in the sense that like it's so like this weird dystopia of the greens are only good for this the yellows are only good for this the reds are only good for this mm-hmm. and that's just like the way society works i mean we might want to give people other jobs but if we then pull from like a soylent green where there aren't jobs to be had people are just sleeping yeah. on the stairs well- outside and because most of it is automated, but also uh, I have to imagine that in this sort of perfectly controlled system where one is born and one must die, that there isn't actually a surplus population. They're probably the way that the system is set up to to run, where you know you're born, go to die, go go and die at thirty. There's probably you know they have strict population control, and they probably have a room available for every person. Like nobody actually, nobody has to sleep out in the streets or, you know, the arcade or on the steps. Nobody's actually alone. Like the system has to sort of keep working in such a way that the problems can't be noticed. And so I I can't imagine that the decay that's involved is like homelessness. That's true. I agree with that. But I think it would be interesting if it's a, if it's a planned society and let's say it's planned for 5,000 people, but now there's only 4,500 Soon mm-hmm. there will only be 4,000. And there's yeah. been this, they've noticed that the numbers in society are slowly diminishing. And yeah. they don't know why. 
Oh, like uh, some uh, a way that it could work is like, oh, you know, uh, when that opening scene when they're at the nursery is like, uh, oh yeah, if only five out of the seven made it this time. Yeah, you know, it used to be that seven out of seven always made it, or something like that, where they talk about how the for, you know the um, the infant mortality rate is going up. Like there's something wrong with the clones that are being produced. The genetic material is decaying, which actually is a thing. It know, absolutely. If you don't have is. A, if I mean, that's what's wrong with the royal family. Yeah, if you don't have enough genetic diversity in your in your system, eventually it gets to a point where it decays. And so, yeah, that could be a way to do it. And it would be a good way to sort of introduce it right at the very beginning with Logan, like, looking in on the babies. And, and you know, it's like, oh, yeah, there he is. There's, you know, I think that's Logan, uh, Logan 6. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's going to be me. And, and like, uh, and it's like, and you see, like, a number, a number of empty beds. And, like, Francis can be like, oh, you know, it's a real shame that we lost half the crop this time. Yeah. Or something like that. I mean, it's not, they're not clones. They talk about the seed mother. Well, no, but it's not, uh, uh, but they don't carry them because there's no human mothering. I don't think it's a matter of, I think uh, the seed mother thing, I think that's like, she's an egg donor. That's probably true. I think that they're birthing like tubes. What I think what happens is uh, all sorts of sex all the time. And then, oh, someone's been impregnated. Yoink. Take it donate out, it put to, it in a pod. Don, donate it to the nursery bank. Take, take Instead of being an egg donor, you are a zygote donor. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, I like that. So then, how would you redo Carousel? Are we going to do a big bug zapper in the sky, or do you want to do it more like uh, The Giver? Hmm. Well, I haven't seen The Giver or read that book, uh, so I'm not sure. But I mean, like the big sort of set piece of everyone watching it like it's, you know, the the Colosseum in ancient Rome, that kind of makes sense. And it gives it an opportunity to sort of uh, hearken to like, you know, those giant televangelist megachurches where you have sort of the situation where the whole society gets to see and be um, sort of indoctrinated and, and become a part of and make a religious experience out of out of Carousel. Absolutely. So that, that has to be a part of it, and um, and I and I like that they say they made it to Carousel. Yeah, and yeah. there there's so much shame in not making it to Carousel that like, but in that case, why would people run? You know, just the uh, the sort of the the basic instinct of self preservation and the sort of you, you can't get it out of the lizard brain that like, oh, I think I'm gonna die. You know, like it. it, it um, they may not necessarily have a complex understanding or, or concept of death because you know nobody is around to have their their um, grandparents die or, or or anything like that. You know, nobody has to go to funerals really. Um, but there could be the understanding of like uh, you know, carousel is uh, a crapshoot. You either renew or you don't. And anybody who sits and thinks about it for a minute is like, hey, wait a second. Have you ever seen anybody renew? Also, what the hell does it mean to ever actually renew? What would that even look like if it happened? And and so it becomes a fear of the unknown. And it's like, you know, the unknown is uh, I, I, I know people go on to carousel and either they renew or we never see them again. I'm going to run away from that. What I would like to do and something I would like to add is I would like – because I think that they should be legitimately curious as to why people would run. I mean, if you're a one of the hallmarks of religion is that they try to convert the unbelievers. Yeah. Um, unbelievers. That's definitely the word I wanted. <laughs> that's a good uh, one. And I like it. I actually think it'd be interesting if on top of everything else, perhaps Logan or perhaps Francis is such a zealot of this religion that he's he's honestly, eager. Yeah. Well, he's honestly investigating why would people do this? Why would they run? And part yeah. of his um, 
yeah, it something... could even be part of his sadism is instead of just killing people instantly, it's like, don't you want, like, torturing them, don't you want to renew? Why don't Isn't... you want Carousel? You know, I'm going to give you a chance. Yeah. Don't, you know, Carousel's right there. You can go. I'll take you. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Honestly, and, yeah. And and so, yeah, whatever, whatever sort of the, um, you know, whatever the new set piece is for Carousel, it has to be something that everyone can watch and be a part of. And it also has to sort of be... You know, um, there has to be something about it that maybe doesn't scare people off, something that sort of entices them, maybe something tempting about it. I don't know. Mm. Some, well, Tempt- it has to be something fun, something, something that you something don't fun. honestly get to do. Like, I think that's why they did Flight, because, mm. I mean, yeah, Flight like, is something like everyone flight, wants you know, to do. A flying dream, there is that. But, I mean, a giant um, slingshot into a into a pool of piranhas <laughs> isn't necessarily what we want. No, but no, it not is. a giant slingshot into so a I'm going to write that down, because that's what we're going with. <laughs> But, I but mean, it, you know, there is, there is like sort of like that element of like, well, maybe it can just be the excessive machine from Barbarella, but you know, yeah, they live basically. in an orgy town anyway, so. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, they don't need it. They can just go to uh, the orgy shop down in the middle of the road. Um, but the, but but what is what's something an ideal? Something that people would always want to do that they would literally be willing to die in order to do it. Hmm. And flight is honestly a good one. So. F- Flight and also maybe sort of an element of like, oh, look, the outside, like maybe if the dome opens in a way and like, you know, they do it at night and you see the stars or something, uh, maybe something about that. That's kind of what they did in Soylent Green. In Soylent Green, they go sit in a room and they're given drugs that kills them. And while they're dying, they're surrounded by footage of the beautiful outs of of the world the way it was instead of the world the way that it is. Mm, and because and and that would be idealizing the outside world, which I don't think they want to do. They wouldn't. Yeah, they don't want to do that because then you have more people saying, "Well, I want to go outside." Exactly. And so I, I honestly think it just needs to be more exhibition and more. Hey, everybody, look at me! I get look to what show, I can do. Yeah, I get to show off to all of my friends. Like I, can, I literally think it could be like they do a like. Let's say it's. Honestly, like a gymnastics routine. Like, yeah. Something where, like, they... He got a 10! Yeah! That's the highest score I've ever seen on Carousel! Yeah, basically, that's the thing. No. It's some game that you oh. play, but you die playing it. Instagram! Instagram! Will you get enough likes to renew? Basically. Oh, or that. Will, you, will you get enough likes? Will you get enough likes to renew? That, oh. oh, there you go. That's That'll do it. And it's like, has anybody ever gotten enough likes to renew? No? Oh. <laughs> something like that i mean basically yeah i mean it's the it's in it, you're appealing to a mass audience so mm-hmm. then yeah. they they vote at the end and it's basically i mean the other thing is i don't necessarily think it needs to be a competition because theoretically you do this you renew yeah anybody anybody can renew we can all renew if we do it you know the everyone has hope of renewal and renewal isn't dependent upon other people losing Right, but I think what they were saying is you go through carousel, you renew, period, the end. But I do think it'd be fun to have a high scoreboard of the best renewers, the who got the perfect 10, who got who impressed who impressed the Russian judges the most. <laughs> well, I mean, like that's the thing is like it in the movie it's not clear at all. It's it's clear it's made clear that no one has renewed and nobody's ever seen anyone get renewed. So there's no sort of concept of what would it look like if someone was renewed because they all just explode. I'm like, well, what 
what are you looking for in renewal, you guys? Oh, I, I, I assume I assume that's what they thought renewal was, and then you just become one of the babies that is reborn. Mm, and maybe. as an element of the fact that more infants are dying, less people are renewing. Ah, and that you know that that gives them the sort of logic that they, that is sort of like an internally consistent logic that helps them maintain the illusion that things are fine. And that's why they and that's why people like Logan and Francis are so desperate to keep people in the system because it's these people who are trying to we escape. Need, oh yeah, they're ruining Carousel for everyone. That's right. They're if, they're if, preventing future generations from being born. It's not just that you guys don't get to renew you poor suckers. It's hey, we need more people to be born, and if you run away, then they can't be born. Exactly. That's what I think would be interesting. So it's not just like sort of you know sort of defending the religious dogma of the system of you have to go to Carousel. It's also like if you run away, then we don't get more babies. Yeah, so it's absolutely societal that, self-preservation. Yeah, that helps. That helps. And to the to that point, that's a reason why the computer would then send Logan out to go find Sanctuary, so that they can bring all these people back and put uh, them through Carousel back into the system, so that they you know, renew the biomass. Exactly. That I think we can play with. Yeah, that's a little better. It's like we not, not only do you need to find sanctuary, you need to find sanctuary so that we can get them back into rotation. Good. Okay. So then the people who are trying to get the the, the, the secret society, Jessica, uh, Jessica and her people. Yeah, her that, friends. Yes. Those, I think, would be people who believe in something else. They have a different religion. They believe that carousel is permanent death and true life is outside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that that's uh, the thing is, is you can definitely play with that because they're all trapped inside. It's like, you know, and you have a certain in addition to the, um, you know, the sort of instinct for self-preservation, the instinct for fear. There's also the instinct of wanting to know, you know, if you're inside a thing, it's like, well, what's outside the thing? And so there will be a certain number of people who just on a deep, primal, um, instinctual level will be like, I'm inside a thing and I have to get out. What's outside? Did there has ever, to be something better outside. Did you ever read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books? I, I read um, like the first one and then a bit of the se- I've been meaning to read more of them, but you know. I enjoy the series and honestly the third one is my least favorite one. But there's an mm-hmm. element in the third one where there is this force that's going around and trying to destroy everything in the universe. Mm-hmm. And, ba- and I think they're called the Crickets or something. And they basically come from a planet <laughs> that was constantly overcast. Uh-huh. So there was constantly just oh. a pale yellow sky. So there was no sky from the look at. No clouds, mm-hmm. no stars, no anything. It was always the very same. very bitter. And until finally one day, some alien crash landed on their planet. And they mm-hmm. figured out, oh, okay, we, they reworked the ship and figured out how to get into space. And all of a sudden they get past their atmosphere and they see this universe out there. Yeah. And they're like, no, thank you. Let's get <laughs> let's get rid of that. And honestly... Uh. And so they take a look at like, and so that those are the two different ways. There are the people who feel trapped <laughs> within a thing yeah. and want to get out, but then there are people who like no who think that it's great is... to be in the thing. I'm safe and secure inside my happy bubble. There is no thing. This is all there is. And to yeah. acknowledge that there is more than that is would blasphemy. destroy our world. Yeah, it's blasphemous. It goes against the uh, you know the great motherbot or whatever it is that runs the system. Yes, the su- all hail the supreme leader. <laughs> except there is no leader so then with that so i think that's a good sense of what we want for the society mm-hmm. and honestly that kind of gives us a sense of why they would be trying to escape logan is yeah. the is the 
is on a spy mission, let's say, and can't tell anybody because to tell people would be an acknowledgement that the system is breaking. And that's why yeah. he can't tell anybody instead of just, ah. hey, Francis, the computer gave me Fran- this assignment. He can't pull Francis into it because in order to, to, to get, you know, in order to get Logan into the mission, the, the computer has to acknowledge like, oh, this is a problem. <laughs> exactly. And that's why it trusts him because he know he'll be able to do it and not tell anybody. Yeah. And that's why it's so heartbreaking when Francis makes it out because Francis knows that now he can't renew. He can't go to Carousel because he's mm. going to die outside the system. It's yep. and just making tra- Francis even more tragic and heartbreaking. Hmm. Oh, man, I hope my casting for Francis is enough. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be fine. Mine's not either. It's going to be great. Yeah, this, this is harder <laughs> when you're doing it. Like, you know, it's fun to tease you on Facebook and be like, no, you should have done it this way or that way. But then when you're actually <laughs> talking about it, I'm just like, oh, man, this is hard. It, yeah. <laughs> and I keep like trying to, you know, avoid there's a reason back. most remakes are bad. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Uh, we have become what we hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh too much mirth uh but okay so then i kind of think we get a sense of the society and trying to break out on like what we see as we're escaping and yeah. i think we kind of have a sense of what we find when we get to the outside world in terms of well that's broken too yeah i we just I, need I, to fix it ourselves yeah i think that um largely like sort of the set pieces that the sort of like action beats that took place can still happen and i think like largely the sort of order that was there is good it will just be done better yeah i just think we need to give them more reason i just think we need to give the world more structure yeah but with that in mind i think we're ready to break into casting Ooh, yay how you feeling you feeling ready feel excited I'm, i'm feeling pretty good i'm feeling pretty good all right let's start with logan then okay um so yeah logan like in in the original uh michael york man i uh what a pretty man (laughs) i i i must say like you know this this movie is not his uh not his best work i the three musketeers are great if you've seen those 70s like three musketeer movies they're so good a long time Uh, ago he's he's a lot he's pretty good in them um but watching this movie kind of made me think maybe he's not a very good actor (laughs) I also well, I don't think it's necessarily that he's a good actor or bad actor. I think it's that he did not believe in this script because he's a yeah. he's a stage actor and he's like, what am I doing? Yeah. What is this mess? This is nonsense. And also, like, yeah, the script is is pretty. It needed some punching up. So well, to speak. He, here here's the equivalent. Um, have you seen the trailers for the Detective Pikachu? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> the guy who's doing the voiceover at the beginning, he's like, you are entering a world that is full of Pokemon. And just you can hear that, that voiceover narrator just dying a little bit inside when he has to say the word Pokemon. That's Michael like, York. I went to Juilliard for this. Basically, yeah. Oh man. So um, I guess I guess I had um, for I have two for for Logan. Okay. Let's um, hear. One one kind of felt um, I don't know. It felt a little repetitive. Like he's done this before, and I, I kind of don't. Like he probably shouldn't do it. Um, John Boyega, he's like twenty six. Yeah. Um, but but him doing this feels kind of like, oh, look, it's the stormtrooper becoming good. So so I did a little more poking around, a little more digging, and I uh, I, I found out that um, uh, Mr. Dev Patel is only like twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a lot younger than I thought. Um, so he, uh, I think Dev Patel would be a good uh, a good choice for Logan. 
I actually like both those options, and I think they both kind of fit the theme and and kind of fit the world. Yeah. The the person that I have, because again, Michael York is a is a big stage actor. We need someone who kind of has their background in theater. Mm. So I went with an actress named Emmy Raver Lampman. I don't know that who, one at all. Have you seen Umbrella Academy? Oh, I have. Uh, she is the famous actress sister. She's okay. the one that is not Ellen Page. Okay. And A, the, uh, she can I heard do her action. Rumor. She can carry herself with confidence and then can also be vulnerable. Mm. And she also comes from the, the stage background because she was in Hamilton. Hmm. Uh, and so I think that it's interesting. And if we add that extra element of... It's a very... It's a very misogynistic, hey, women can't do stuff. So I thought it'd be fun to gender swap Logan. Especially because Logan okay. can be a woman's name, too. Well, I did, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kept the Sandman um, men um, because, well, in this sort of simple system, nobody's got complex training. Nobody's, like, they don't have, like, a, a complex understanding of how to fight. Like, it's it's really, well... I don't know. I that she works. She's good. I I like the Umbrella Academy. I like what she did there, and, and it can work. Um, and well, they do I have mean, guns. they don't. I think they can have a version of fighting because I mean, one yeah. of the things that these people do is they maintain their sexiness so that they can be more desirable they when they they're are in very the sex physically relay. fit. Yeah, yeah. And so the way that any of the Sandmen can maintain their physical oh. fitness is by fight training. Oh, and that was a thing that I, I kind of wanted to do. Like I noticed in the movie that um, that Logan. Is a terrible shot. He never hits any any of the runners. Well, the no. one runner that he chases, he doesn't hit him, and um, and he doesn't hit anybody until um, I mean he hits box, but that's easy. But yeah. then he hits some of the other Sandmen like while they're they're fighting. And I kind of got I kind of got it in my head that a, a way to sort of help um, you know establish that Logan is more introspective, a little more curious, and perhaps open to um, you know the differences in the world and not accepting the sort of way the system is set up is that he's a Sandman who hasn't killed anyone like Ooh. he's 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 been involved in all the chases and he always says the right things and he helps francis do what francis does but he can never take the killing shot well it also could be that logan very much believes in the system and he believes that if he kills them they cannot be renewed yeah and so logan is able to capture and return them to carousel every single time that's as possible. opposed to francis who sacrifices them that's possible that's a good way to do it too and that gives you, yeah, that gives you more opportunities to do more things. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's good. All right, Dev, cool. Dev, Dev Patel or the long name I didn't write down. <laughs> Emmy Rafer Lampman. <laughs> uh, well, let let's see. Let let's let's come up with our idea for all three because I think that that little triangle of people is mm-hmm. it's central. That's that's yeah, the I main see, cast. I, I agree. So let's let's talk about Jessica. Okay. My Jessica, I have an actress who was in The Walking Dead and Another Life. Uh, uh, her name is Elizabeth Ludlow. Mm. Who who was she in The Walking Dead? I'm going to look up that name now. <laughs> the reason why I went with Elizabeth Ludlow is because she's a little bit more competent seeming than the actress who originally played Jessica, who was just kind of like standing on the side. A waif. Uh, she's going to be playing a character named Griffin in Godzilla, King of Monsters. Okay. Uh, she is in The Walking Dead. Where is it? Uh, I think I have an idea uh, who it is. She is a rat. A-R-A-T. No, I, I don't I don't know that character. I haven't I have not watched The Walking Dead since they decided to since before they decided to kill Glenn. And I found out that they'd killed Glenn. And I was just like, you know what? This is just misery. So I stopped. Full disclosure. I've never watched The Walking Dead. Not my genre. Eh. 
<laughs> uh, I was looking. I was just looking for act like more competent actresses, and so this is the actress that I found. Mm-hmm. Um, she is date in the movie Mister Right. Here's the thing about the movie. Oh, that's hmm? a different movie than I thought it was. <laughs> What's the one with Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell? Oh, um, that's uh where he's a hitman. Um, yeah. Uh, shoot. I don't it's remember. not a good movie, but I think that movie deserves was, more credit than it got. It was got. fun. It was fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it, but I can understand why it passed completely under the radar. Absolutely. Uh, she's also in Satisfaction and Powers and Hindsight. She's a good working actress. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me who you have for Jessica. Okay, so with this one, I kind of, uh, you know, went a little overboard. I, I like, uh, I, I have sort of two that are like sort of one for ones. They're exactly the same as you know the original casting, and that would be uh, like Anya Taylor Joy or Haley Steinfeld. You know, they're in their early twenties. You know, little waifish white women. But I thought that maybe a little better. Um, you know, somebody that's uh, that that could maybe bring a little. And not that neither of those are are, are good actresses. They are. But um, I think somebody a little closer to thirty, maybe a little more reason to think about it. Like in in the original version, she's like you know she's got years to go. She's like twenty two or something. It it doesn't matter. She doesn't like talk to Logan much. She doesn't. She doesn't sort of. Um, well, I mean, they they talk, but but she doesn't say much that sort of gets him thinking. And I thought that somebody that could sort of uh, play it a little older, play it closer to being, you know, being a red, being close to glowing black, going black, like maybe having a year left, uh, would be like uh, Natalie Emmanuel from uh, from Game of Thrones, uh, Miss Andy, the uh, uh, like Danny's right hand woman. I do like Natalie Emmanuel. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's great. I would absolutely go with she, Natalie Emmanuel. She's like twenty nine. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's, you're just going through the cast list of the Dark Crystal, huh? Nah, I guess. Yeah. Both that's Natalie a pr- Emanuel Whoa. and, uh, uh, Anya, Anya Taylor Joy are both <laughs> in the in new, the uh, new the Dark, new Dark Crystal, Crystal remake. Well, that, to be fair, there's like 30 great people in the new Dark Crystal remake, so. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm going to have to do that episode eventually, but I hated that movie. I I didn't see it until like uh, five or six years ago, and it's just kind of like okay, you know, me fair for me like the easiest one, uh, the one like the one that I could only like think of one person for it was Francis Seven, and uh, for that one uh, I, I had uh, uh, Zac Efron. Interesting. <laughs> and I kind of thought of like uh, you know his character in like Neighbors, where he's like you know this sort of. Eh, not so bright frat boy. He's just sort of like dedicated to the system. He's in the system. He's happy to be living his life. He likes the the way things are. He's like, you know, you're my best friend and I love you so much. And, you know, he and he can also like Zac Efron. He seems like the sort of he could be that sort of sociopathic frat boy who kills people that need to die. Oh, for sure. And if he's anything like the one experience I have with the real uh, Zach Efron, he's constantly surrounded by a swarm of identical looking men. <laughs> Which is the Sandman. <laughs> Basically. Uh, my casting for Francis is actually fairly similar to that, but with an actor who's done a little bit more drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor I have is Freddie Highmore from Bates and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He he plays Norman Bates in the Bates TV show. Okay, I haven't watched that show, but I know... I, yeah, okay. He He's got a baby face, but does intense really well. And then obviously mm. was like the Charlie and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in the uh, <laughs> the new one. And but that said, I mean Zach Efron's kind of a great choice. So what I would do is 
given the option is i would make francis zach efron i'd make jessica natalie emmanuel and then i'd make logan emmy raver lampman okay i'm good with that okay so then the next person that i have i guess we could do doc and holly next the next person i have on my list is box but let's do doc and holly okay um i mean holly's originally uh Farrah Farrah Fawcett, Fawcett. Yeah. which was an interesting choice. I just kind of like cast good actors. Mm. For Doc, I have Nicholas Holt, who's he's Beast in the in the new X Men movies. He's I, in I, Max. I, he's I literally thought of him too, but I went with Tom Holland because he looks a little younger and prettier. I, if anything, Tom Holland's a little bit too young. <laughs> well, but that's the point. Is like uh, I expected a red, and it, and he holds up his hand, and it's red. He's like, oh, your work is excellent. I mean, Nicholas Holt looks young, but Tom Holland looks like a child. Well, so did the guy in the original. (laughs) You think? I thought the guy in the original, I thought everyone in this movie looked, except for like the women, I thought all the dudes looked like they were 35. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Francis and Logan, yeah, but not, not Doc. I I thought, honestly, I kind of felt stupid because I thought Doc and, and Tom Holland looked very much alike. Oh, yeah, no, I thought Doc looked way older. And honestly, I, I don't know, I actually don't know how old Nicholas Holt is. I should, I should probably I think look he, that up. I think, he's like, I think he's like 27, he's like mid, mid to late 20s, because I was looking him up too. <laughs> he is 29. Yep, all right. And but, then, you know, today's 29 is 1970s 20, so. True, but uh, who did you have for Holly? For Holly, uh, I kind of just went with a one for one and went with uh, Ariana Grande. You want to go with a, a famous person who isn't really known for their acting prowess? Yeah. And to be fair, both movies I've seen Ariana. Oh wait, Ariana Grande. Yeah. Okay. I'm From, gonna uh, like screen. I'm thinking of uh, Scream Queen. She was she was a lot of fun in that. And she's all she was also in like some Nickelodeon show, right? Uh probably. I didn't watch any of those, so. Uh neither did I. I think she, uh, she was on a show called Victorious. The person that I have. Is an act is the actress from It Follows called uh, Micah Monroe, mm. but if we're gonna go with Ariana Grande, I'm gonna stick with that idea and let's go with Rihanna instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Let's do that. Let's go with Rihanna. If anything, just because it's another not white person. <laughs> I'm willing to do Tom Holland for Doc, just because <laughs> I'd love to see Tom Holland turn murderous and try to kill someone. <laughs> I but, yeah, that's the thing is like I don't know if in the remake remake that that scene is going to go the same way. There has to be, that has to be done better. That's for sure. Because <laughs> the way that that played out is just so. But I mean, it gets back to the idea of everybody being pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like oh well, the people say I have to do the thing. I'm going to do the thing. Okay, pay attention, Sandman. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> And then just a a person who happens to be gorgeous, who uh, science made beautiful. Yeah. Sitting also, at the front desk. I mean, like, the thing about Doc is that Doc is probably not really a Doc. Doc is just able to push the buttons on the machine that does the work. Of course. Yeah. And if nobody... anything, I'd, I'd love it if the machine kind of doesn't work anymore. He's like, all right. Oh, well, we it's have like, oh, this machines. one can come out right. Oh, jeez. I put I put you in uh, room C. Room C has been broken for 30 years. <laughs> like he literally just, he's just the dude who knows which, which robot's still functioning. Yeah, r- r- this room hasn't worked in a long time, sad man. The safety broke off. 
<laughs> Basically, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> this is the murder room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So Tom Holland and Rihanna. Let's go with Box. They can so both the way I, the way I recast Box is I kind of assumed that however Box would be done was that it would be kind of like a CGI kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. I went with just kind of the classic robot, John DiMaggio, because it's funny, and he's Bender. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know about that, man. Come That's... on, tell me you don't want someone there to kill all humans. <laughs> I oh, that would take me out of the movie so hard. <laughs> oh yeah, instantly. But I want it. <laughs> I mean, basically, bite my living... shiny metal butt. <laughs> uh, kind of. <laughs> we're living in a world where it's humans, 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 <clears throat> humans, and then all of a sudden a robot walks out. You're already taken out of the movie because you're like, wait, what's this? Yeah. And honestly, yeah. only the people like us who are already nerdy are going to be like, wait, <laughs> what? It's it's a it's a tribute to the to the. It's, okay. It's the thing that is okay. That, uh, it's a tribute could, to the thing that came after that was inspired by the original. He could be. He could do something. And be like, get inside the suicide booth. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who did you have? Uh, I I didn't. I honestly I didn't have one for box. John I, DiMaggio, it is. John DiMaggio, it is. That's great. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, oh, and we missed it. You cast the little kid. Oh yeah, the the well the little kid. I didn't cast the the little girl. Like I did. I didn't no. cast that. Like originally, I looked at the cast and I saw a timid girl and I thought that was the little girl. Timid girl is whoever it is that at the end like pets the old man. Um, but for Billy and the timid girl, the Billy and the and the thieving girl, I was gonna mix them and make it uh, Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones, uh, Lady Mormont. Oh great, love it because she is awesome. She is. So then let's talk. The only other character that I have left is the old man. Did you have anyone else on top of that? Uh, let's see. On top of the old man, um, the runners. I For the first runner, um, the one who, you know, is sort of like that would be a big action set piece is I wanted somebody sort of large and physical. And, uh, you know, uh, I said, kill Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> All right, sure. We can that'll, kill Liam Hemsworth. That'll, that'll be a, that'll be a fun action piece. And then uh, for the second one, the one that he lets go, um, you know, probably couldn't get her. But you know, Kristen Bell, she'd be good at begging for her life. All right, sure, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I got nothing against that. Oh, and then and then we need to talk about the old man. Yeah, who'd you have for the old man? So uh, as a joke, I put down Nicolas Cage. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah. but then um, I don't know. Like Peter Ustinov was only like fifty when he did this. I kind of, I I don't, he might not bring the right energy to it, but I kind of want to put Harrison Ford. Interesting. Because I, I kind of feel like as much as this old man needs to be sort of, he needs to come off as, as sort of harmless and affable, he also needs to be somebody that you can see survived. Yeah. Can you see Harrison Ford ever playing someone who is low status? Um. Sorry, I'm using an improv term. Do you know, like, like... The, there's a concept of high status characters versus low status characters. Oh, just sort of stepping into this part. Yeah. Well, mm, mm. like a high status character is the person who kind of like runs the room. Like uh-huh. even if you're doing like a, an upstairs downstairs thing, like the butler might be the most high status person there. Yeah. No, I suppose I suppose this wouldn't really be a good uh, use of his energy. Um, the uh... the person that I have is an actor who 
I mean, you take a look at this guy and he's suave as hell, but like he's good at playing crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's he's good at like he he can get things done, but he's also absolutely a character actor because that's what you kind of want for this. You yeah, want an yeah. old person, you need a character actor. And I just think it's funny that I just did Office Space because my casting for the old man is Stephen Root. Mm. Stephen Ste- Root is he was recently in Get Out, uh, and, but he's also he was the dude in Office Space who had the red stapler. Oh. oh my cats they have three names (laughs) yeah have you you seen my cat (laughs) all right yeah that's good that's good all right cool i like that guy he's awesome and he's been in so many interesting and cool things and he's just a classically good comedic actor Mm -hmm. but like he's just really good at just hitting those characters and so i don't know i like him uh which brings us to our writers and our directors okay did you do separate writer-director, or did you do a writer-director? I did them separately. Okay. Uh, let's talk about writer first. Okay. So for my writers, I actually had a writing team. Okay. Um, I had Ben Blacker and Ben Acker. <laughs> they do. Uh, they did a podcast called The Thrilling Adventure yes, Hour. Yes, The Thrilling so Adventure Hour, yeah. That's, that's... They're no stranger to sci-fi, high sci-fi, and they're no stranger to taking something and making it funny. Mm-hmm. They they also did Supernatural and they and Ben Blacker recently is doing um, like a, a comic book series about witches and it's also about female empowerment and considering we have a movie that's not very woke mm-hmm. maybe bring a little bit uh, more wokenness to the to the project hmm. so that's why I picked uh, Acker and Blacker okay I like them I definitely like that I love the thrilling adventure hour. Uh, my writer is uh, Eric Heiserer. Um, he's the guy who did the uh, adaptation of Arrival and uh, won the Oscar for that one. And I really, uh, you know, he he uh, he's also done a bunch of horror movies, a bunch of uh, sort of uh, pieces like that. But the the work on Arrival, I thought was really good. I think he put a lot of. Uh, I mean, I haven't read the original story that Arrival is based on, but I, I feel like that that was a really. Um, you know, really good, affecting uh, movie with a lot of, there was a lot of sort of depth there and nuance. And I, I think maybe he could take the original novel, the original work, um, and, and be able to sort of put a lot into it. Okay, cool. Tell me who you have as your director. Uh, I went with uh, Edgar Wright. Because I thought that uh, he's the sort of person who can really load the, sc- I thought he could really load the screen up with uh, a, a lot of uh, just sort of a lot of what was going on, a lot of um, planning, sort of build the depth in the world and help sort of show what's going on, um, and also that he'd be really good at the, the the action set pieces. I thought you know we'd be able to get some good runs out of this. Uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, you know, like there's the bit like in the middle of the movie where they're sort of like walking around in in the base and like you see on the computer screen like sort of like oh there's another runner and you just see like the little zap on their computer screen and i was like you know for for our purposes we could sort of see like a, a sort of cut of more of what's actually going on um but uh, i i thought uh, edgar wright is very precise and uh able to sort of uh, put a lot on screen and and make a lot happen um and make it all sort of come together in a really neat way edgar wright is certainly a very popular choice for director on this podcast i'm sorry it's <laughs> <laughs> fine it, he's a he's a popular choice because he's very good yeah i'm actually going with someone else who's come up a few times but i 
I think he's kind of right for taking a story, kind of nailing down the core concepts of the original and then exploiting that to its best effect. Mm-hmm. And he's also very familiar with very large franchise sci-fi. And and so that and so I kind of like the idea of I want someone who won't be too precious with the original world, which obviously Edgar Wright wouldn't be either. No. And I I we both I picked people who are very good at being writer directors, but we both want them to kind of just be the writer. I, I'm sorry, just the director. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think uh, Ryan Johnson would definitely be a good uh, thing there. I don't think anyone is going to be too precious with Logan's run. I don't think we have to worry about that. That's probably true. Okay, so with that in mind, let's pick uh, Acker and Blacker as our writers, and then let's go with Edgar Wright for our director. Okay, sounds good. All right, and I believe that'll do it. So let I, me I take you through everyone. our cast so for logan's run we have logan being played by emmy raver lampman we have jessica to be played by natalie emmanuel francis will be zach efren doc will be tom holland holly will be rihanna the two runners will be liam hemsworth and Kristen bell box will be played by john dimaggio billy will be bella ramsey old man will be steven root our writers are Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, with our director as Edgar Wright. So, Chris, would you watch this movie? Hell yeah, I would. All right. I would awesome. run to that theater. Runner. Don't run. No, you're going to get... <laughs> Zap. All right, awesome. Well, cool. Thank you very much for helping me recreate this. That was a lot of fun. I was really happy to help you. Yeah, so Chris... Tell the audience about all of the different things that you do and where they can find you on the internet. Oh my goodness, you can find me in so many places on the internet, and most of them you should find me at. Uh, I am largely on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Minute. Uh, that podcast can be found in iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts, um, except for the Alexa version of podcasts. I don't think it's in that for some reason, whatever that is. Um, let's see. On all the dueling genre family of podcasts, uh, I've guessed it on all of that stuff. That's good. Uh, I am one of the uh, star uh, – I'm one of the, the cast members on uh, the uh, our audio drama production of Geek by Night. We've won some awards. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. It's a lot of fun uh, about a uh, bunch of comic book geeks who actually get their powers and, well, have to live life with, with superpowers. Yeah, that's that's uh, largely where I am on uh, the internet. And if people want to follow you on Twitter or Instagram? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Twitter, I am uh, Chris O'Connor IV at, yeah, at Chris O'Connor IV. It's my full name with the four at the end because I'm the fourth one. C H R I S O C O N N O R I V. Derp. I'm on the Twitter. Yeah, I tweet. All I right, tweet. good. Love it. Uh, awesome. If you want to follow uh, the show, it's at Ideal Remake on Twitter, at Ideal Remake on Instagram. You should follow us on Facebook. Yeah. Which is Ideal Remake Podcast or Ideal Remake, and all those are there. Get in there if and tell us we want- did a terrible job. I mean, you'll be wrong, but you can tell us. Uh, if you want to follow me i'm at sam gash s-a-m-g-a-s-c-h on twitter and if you want to do the podcast one favor this week please go out and tell one person you know about the show i mean if you want to leave us a, a review or something that would be amazing but as far as i'm concerned i'll be happy if you just tell someone about the show i mean i told like five today and that's why you're my hero You'd never put me to sleep, would you? No. That's why it's okay. We're going to make it out. Pew! We're going to make it to sanctuary. We have Rocket to. guns. Pew, 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 pew. And then we just melt. 
good times. And then like that weird robot comes and sprays us with foam and we literally melt. It was so yeah. weird. Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. Ugh. Chris, it's a whole you thing. You had to be there. Yeah, honestly. Thank you so much for being a guest uh, on this episode. And thank you for wanting to talk about this movie. It has been my pleasure. I, I have had a great time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. And so now we need a, a quote from the movie to send us out. And honestly, I think there could be no better game that you can get from this episode than just take some time and come up with three names for your cat. <laughs> that, All right. That have a good, good one, everybody. Run, runner. That's it. That's what it is.